And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to FedReacts, man. I know you guys can see a different setup here. Uh, this is, you know, the new studio. It's about 80 90% of the way complete. Um, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the day in the life of being a federal agent, specifically with HSI. Let's get into it. A special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay, guys? HSI. This is what Fed Reacts covers. Defendant Jeffrey Williams and Associate Weissel did commit the felony. So here's what 6ix9ine actually got. Conspiracy. This attack shifted the whole U.S. government. This guy got arrested. Espionage, okay? Trading secrets with the Russian John Wayne Gacy, a.k.a. the killer clown, okay? One of the most prolific serial killers of all time. Killed 33 people. Zodiac Killer is a pseudonym of an unidentified serial killer who operated in Northern California. All these serial killers, guys, they really get off on getting attention from the media. Many years, Jeffrey Epstein sexually exploited and abused dozens of minor girls at his home. It was OJ working together to get Nicole killed. We're going to go over his past, the gang ties, so that this all makes sense. Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome to uh, Fed Reacts. Let me know how the sound is, guys. Um, I'm using a completely different and new setup right now. Um, I'm in another room in another part of the studio uh where i've been um building this place up it's not 100% of the way done yet it's uh i would say 80 to 90% uh i still got some panels that i got to put up on the ceiling and i also still got us uh, i'm going to put a big fed react sign right behind me uh you guys can see here i got the thin blue line flag i got another american flag there and i got some other things i'm going to be putting in the background decorate this place a bit more then i got a, a part for um angie here where she's going to be sitting next to me running in. She's also going to have a camera and everything else like that, which I got to set that up. But right now, it's just a one-man show. Uh, Bills and Mo are actually here. They're in the uh, studio, the main studio, and they're setting up uh, an IRL backpack, okay? Because as you guys know, we're going to be doing an IRL stream for y'all today. Uh, we're going to be doing an IRL stream on the yacht for New Year's. Um, so we definitely stay tuned for that. I think you guys are going to definitely enjoy that one. Um so you guys will be able to see kind of, you know, uh, the yeah, lifestyle of Miami, okay? I, I'll be honest with y'all. If I wasn't IRL streaming, I wouldn't be there. So, uh, yeah, I would have been just been staying at home. But since uh, we're going to be streaming it, I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll show up. Um, uh, everything is pretty much the same, guys. I'm running this show solo. We're getting, giving you guys, uh, you know, a classic Fed Reacts type episode today. Um, FNFSuperChat.com, guys. Um, and also, I'll be reading the chats because, uh, as you guys know, we can't, um, we're demonetized on YouTube, right? On all the channels, unfortunately. So I can't pull up the chats like I used to when I used StreamYard on YouTube, on uh, on StreamYard. So I'm using StreamYard right now. I'm not using Streamlabs. I'm going to use Streamlabs on my next show. But Bills has to like set it up for me and everything else like that. And we didn't have time to set it up today uh, because we got to get going here. And about I'm, this show is going to be a shorter show. It's going to be about an hour, hour and a half. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to kind of um, go through what it was like, how I got on the job, etc. Um, I know you guys have been requesting this for a while. Uh, the last episode we did, we covered, um, the Barbie killers with Angie. Um, and then I didn't, I, I, we didn't do a show last Sunday. I think I'm trying to remember why it was, I think bills and them were sick. Oh no. It was, oh yeah. Cause it was the holidays. Uh, we didn't do it cause it was, uh, Christmas. That's why we, I, I didn't do a show last time. Oh uh, yeah. Um, or it was Christmas Eve. Um, but I couldn't go two weeks without doing a show for you guys. So we're going to definitely do a show, even though it's New Year's Eve, <clears throat> excuse me, even though it's New Year's Eve, we're going to do a show. And, um, you know, like I said, you guys have been requesting me do something a little bit more personal about my background, my experience, uh, one of my cases. So what I figured I'd do, I'll just kind of take you guys from the beginning, go back in time and, uh, talk about, uh, how I got the job, how I got involved with the job, um, what it was like every day and, uh, go from there, man. Um, what else? Uh, so, yeah, fnfsuperchat.com, guys, if you guys want to go ahead and get your chats in. I'll read some of these Rumble rants that, are, that have come in. I, I I can't put them on screen because I suck, guys, right now, but I can definitely read them and everything else like that. Uh, so what's up, Mo? Yes, some? Oh, you can see? Okay, yeah, so Mo's monitoring the stream from the other side, too. Thank you, Mo. Uh, so we'll, we'll have a little bit of help there as well. But we got here, um, let's see, TJ Emerson 2004 goes, hey, guys, please cover Madeline McCann case. British uh, case, most famous, I think it means British care, most famous missing persons case ever. There is a Netflix doc you can use. And trust me, you'll love this case. Okay, Madeline McCann. I think Angie has that written down. But yeah, um, 
Man down goes, please, please, please do the Ruby Ridge incident in Waco case. I did Waco already. Uh, so let me see here. I'm dusting off the cobwebs here, guys. So um, give me one sec. I'm going to go ahead and show you guys exactly where to find it, right? So if I did it on YouTube and on um, and on Rumble. Uh, Fed reacts. Right, Fed reacts here, and then we put... Um, Waco, and let me share a screen with y'all real quick so you guys can see what I'm looking at. Uh, bear with me, guys. Here, this is it's been a while since I've done this. Um, by my solo dolo, like this. Um, we got Chrome tab. There we go. So, right here, as you guys, you guys should be able to see it. This is the Waco Siege episode that I did. Um, I think I had to do most of this on Rumble, though, guys. Okay, so, um this is it right here. Okay. Um, but let me go ahead and, uh, well, let me know. Okay. If I do that, it won't work. Um, oh, cause it's on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it on this. I'm just going to do it on this screen. Hold on. Uh, cause what you going to do? Present? Yeah. Present. I just got to re- increase this. Okay. Boom. So present. Bam. So actually, you know what? Waco Fed reacts. So I just have it up on screen. There we go, bam. Okay, entire screen, boom. All right, so this is this is it here, guys. Um, Fed reacts the Waco siege. It was well, yeah, two and a half hours. Here it is. It's for the full one is on Rumble. Um, I had to put uh obviously um a portion of it on YouTube, but the full thing is actually on Rumble. Um, because uh, I think we got hit with a copyright or something like that is what it was. Uh, Rumble ads. Oh, but you guys get the idea. All right. Um, what else here? Um, let's see here. Um, and then we got here. Shout out to Mo in the back helping, like I said before. All right. And then I'll see here. FNF Super Chat, if you guys said anything in here. Uh, Okay, yeah, fnfsuperchat.com, guys. I don't know if it's working. Let me know if the link is working, guys. Uh, it should work. Um, Mo, the link works, right? All right. All right, cool. Link to uh says link to super chat doesn't to super chats doesn't work in chat. That's what they said. No, nah, it says four four. Now found when I click it. Yeah. You'll change the YouTube one? All right. He's going to fix it right now, guys. Sorry about that. Maybe maybe try FNF Super Chat. Uh, Superchat.com. All right. We'll give you guys a better link right now. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, Yeah, Mo, when you do, just let me know. So anyway, okay. So uh, let's start from the beginning, guys. We're going to go back in time here, okay? We're going to go back to a uh, a different uh, decade, okay? So it's 2010, okay? And uh, well, actually more along the lines of 2009, right? So 2009, and I am a sophomore at Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts. And... um. I was a criminal justice major and I was a walk on the walk on for the Northeastern men's rowing team. And, um, I always knew I wanted to do, um, federal law enforcement, uh, whether it be the FBI or, um, you know, DEA, ATF, I knew I wanted to do something with the feds. And I remember, um, my school Northeastern has a, uh, something called a co-op program guys, which is actually why I think it's such a good school is it has something called the co-op program, which allows you to kind of work for, so you basically do a semester where you take classes, then you do another semester where you're in work, like you're working in your field, right? And Northeastern has some of the best job placement um, in the country. It, it was, uh, And it's a five-year school because of this co-op program. So um, after your sophomore year, right, once you get into what you call your middler year, your third year, you can start to do something called co-op where you can, um, at least when I went to school there, you can start to go ahead and start working uh, for six months or for a semester 
after you do your co-op, you go back to classes. Then after you do classes, then you go back on co-op again and so on, right? You could do up to two to three co-ops. And this is really good for landing you a job, right? So think of it as like an internship program built into the actual curriculum at Northeastern University, right? So at the time, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Office of, Inspe uh, Office of Investigations, a.k.a. what is now called Homeland Security Investigations, uh, was seeking interns, right? They wanted, I think, six or seven for the Washington, D.C. field office and then two for the Boston field office, right? Um, and I remember um, going uh, and applying, right? And funny story. So I go and I apply, right? And I remember we have practice like Christmas break, excuse me, like Christmas, right around Christmas break or early January when we get back to school, right? I think it was January we get back to school, right? Because you have Christmas break. And then we had to train during our Christmas break. They gave us a whole training program. Then we came back in January because for rowing guys, the winter is actually very important where you build the endurance and the fitness for the spring season to race. If you don't train hard during the winter, you're not going to be able to race well in the spring because when the spring hits, you're doing 2,000 meter races, et cetera. So we come back in January and we did a training exercise where we hit a punching bag. Okay, a heavy bag. And it's funny now that I've like trained boxing, how stupid I was for doing this. Um, I hit the bag and like my pinky like kind of slipped off and I broke my hand guys, uh, broke my, my right hand pinky, right? I broke it cause it was like numb and it hurt for a couple of days. So I go to the freaking, uh, uh, the hospital, I go to Boston general. Right. And, um, at the time our school had a deal with the pediatric portion, right? So if you're an athlete and you had to go see a doctor, you would actually go to the pediatrician side. Um, to get any type of work done or whatever, right? Because I was an athlete, so I was covered. And they did a, they did a, um, they did an X-ray, and they found that my pinky was broken. I was like, oh my god! And they're like, you got to wear a cast for a month, uh, for six weeks. And I was like, what? I got to practice. What are you talking about? And um, they're like, no, you know, doctor's orders. You got to go ahead and you got to put your hand in the cast. Now, what makes this funny is, since it was a pediatric doctor, <laughs> I got a cast. But the only thing that they kind of had was like a bunch of kid casts. So that like clouds and dinosaurs and like all this kid stuff, right? So I'm like, oh my God. So I was like, all right, screw it. Give me the dinosaurs. So I had a bunch of dinosaurs on my cast, right? Like a freaking kid. So I'm walking around at like uh, 20 years old, right? Old as hell with a freaking dinosaur cast on, right? It gets better. So as you guys know, I had applied for the co-op with HSI, right? So... I go to the job interview with a fucking dinosaur cast on. Yes, I shit you not. I went to the to the fucking job interview with a dinosaur cast on, guys. I wore a suit and had a dinosaur cast. So that definitely, you know, rose some, uh, uh, you know, rose some questions, right? So I'm sitting there in my interview, right? And I, I'll never forget, it was um, two special agents interviewing me. It was one special agent, like a regular guy, right? Like a what I would call like a, a GS-13, right? Which is like they carry cases and still, you know, do that type of thing. Then it was a supervisor, which is a 14. And then I think it was an ASAC, okay, which is a, a, a 15, right? So think of it as agent, first-line supervisor, then a second-line supervisor, right? Or also known as a supervisory special agent or assistant special agent in charge, right? That's what the acronym stands for. So they asked me about it and I tell me hey, I broke my hand, you know, they asked me about, uh, you know, how I broke my hand. Hey, I was, I play sports, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, uh, I was a rower and then obviously, right. They looked at my resume. I spoke Arabic conversationally, <coughs> excuse me, guys, it's cold here in Miami. I speak Arabic conversationally, et cetera. So, um, I didn't think I got the job, guys, to be honest with y'all. Like, I was like, yeah, there's no way they're hiring me. Like, you know, cause at the time the people that I interviewed like that i competed with i only had a 3.3 gpa at the time and the kids that i competed with a lot of them had fours a lot of them were really bright really smart i was like man i don't know if i'm gonna get this i showed up in a freaking dinosaur cast etc but then i get an email and they say hey you've been accepted and it was like life-changing event guys life-changing i was like holy crap so um so i get the internship right and uh and I start interning out of the Boston field office, right? So let's fast forward now to my Midler year. This is now around 2010 slash 11 because I did the interview in February of 2010. And then I started, actually, you know what? 
I did the interview of February 10. I got the job. I did all my paperwork, got my background check. I EOD'd on July 6, 2010. Never forget that. July 6, 2010 was my EOD with the United States government with Homeland Security Investigations, right? And I EOD'd as an intern, which I think was a job series like 1899 or some shit like that. You know, matter of fact, let me look it up. Uh, and let me see here. I think the link should be fixed, by the way, guys. FNFSuperChat.com if you guys want to go ahead. Uh, and I see Ralph here. Uh, five bucks. Thanks for your service, Myron. Happy holidays. Okay, so the link should be working now, guys. Uh, FNFSuperChat.com. Uh, yeah, right, Mo? That's the link? Okay. And it works. Okay. Sorry, guys. We had issues with this crap like before, so it was... It's pinned in the chat. All right. So, yeah, y'all should be able to get in there. Click click the link in the, that's pinned in the chat, guys, and then you'll be able to super chat in. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, click the link in the chat, and you'll be good. Uh, pinned at the top. So, um, so I get the job, right, um, and I start my first um, co-op pro- portion in the summer, July 6, 2010. Right. Um, and at the time I went to the Boston field office and let's just go ahead. We'll go ahead and put some uh, put a little bit more visuals to this story. Right. By the way, this is what it looks like, guys, when you come in. So, right, you go to the chat right here. You're watching the show. Click this link. Boom. It brings you right here. And then you can go ahead and get involved and uh, donate, which we, I appreciate anything that you would donate. But anyway, let's go back here. So I interned right here, guys. This is where I started it all. Right, I go 10, see, I fucking remember the address. 10 Causeway Street, Boston, Massachusetts, right? This is the federal building, right, that I started everything, all right? And I remember I would take the train here. Oh, my God, this has changed. Wow. Holy. Wow, okay. (laughs) Okay, so right here is like the train station used to be. What the hell is all this, though? Where's... They knocked down TD Garden? What the fuck? What is all this? Bruh. (laughs) Yo, Mo. Okay. Never never mind. Uh, So, here's the North Station, right? There's There's a station here. I used to take the train in every day from the Orange. Yo, did they knock down TD Garden, bro? TD Garden? Yeah. In Boston? I, I know you still keep up with the NBA, but did the Celtics move? No. Okay, it's so they still, still the play garden. here. It's still at the Garden. It's okay, they the switched. Garden. Okay, yeah, okay. This is, okay, so, yo, they changed it. Wow. It didn't used to be this nice. They renovated that joint. Okay. Yeah. All right. Either way, so, yeah. So, I used to take North Station, guys, from from uh, from Northeastern. I used to take uh, the T, right, which is the, called the train in Boston. And I'll take it. I'd get off, and then i walk through this little thing here. And I remember I walked through. Um, since I was an employee, I would walk around the back. Uh, but the main entrance for regular people, right, for regular people coming in is, is right here, right? And uh, ICE, I think, is on the, like, seventh floor. Okay, let me see here. Let's see if I if they're still there. HSI Boston. Oh, yeah, 10 Causeway Street. Yep, still there. Okay, 722. So, um, right, um, so I started here, right, at HSI Boston. And um, and I did that first summer there, and I was in a national security group, guys. And in the national security group, what we went after primarily was um, visa overstays that had national security implications, right? Maybe they were from a weird country. Maybe they we found out that they were tied to some people that we might not necessarily want them to be tied with, et cetera. So... That was how I started. Was I was in a national security group, right, uh, slash visa compliance group, um, because a lot of people come to the United States and overstay their visas, right? And then also, um, we uh, had a um, a presence with the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force as well. A couple of our agents in this group were in the JTTF, right? So I did a couple of operations with the FBI as well when I uh, that first summer that I was there. So I did my first internship, and then. I uh, came back later and I did another internship with the Haida group, which was the drug trafficking group. And then I did another internship with the human trafficking group, right? So I did three co-ops total while I was in Boston. 
with HSI Boston and um and I was in college. And then after I graduated college, right? And remember, I'm doing these co-ops six months at a time. And the human trafficking group was the last group that I did my internship with. And I told you guys that story of how I was writing my final paper and on April 15, 2013, which was pretty much uh when I was trying to submit my paper, what happened? We had the Boston Marathon bombing, right? And I talk about that in one of my other episodes. If you guys want the detail, I was writing a paper and yeah. So after I graduated college, guys, I went home back to Connecticut for six months, right? Pending an academy date. At the time, the government was shutting down all the time. This is tw- now we're in 2013, right? Obama was still in office, I think. Um, and um, it, the government was always shutting down. So they could, didn't have an academy date because they had HSI had not hired for years at this point, right? So they're able to get together an academy date. And I went to the academy February 2014. But prior to that, because I graduated school in 2013, I spent six months at the New Haven field office, okay, um, as an intern there. And that's where I converted from intern to special agent. I intern, I became a special agent September 13th, 2013. So July 6, 2010, I became, I was an intern. Then September 13, 2013, I converted my, from, I officially became a special agent and converted to there, right? I was getting leap and all that crap, right? So I was working and everything else. I didn't have my gun yet because I was uh, waiting for the academy. So fast forward to 2014 February, I go down to Brunswick, Georgia, okay? And your boy is here, okay? I went right here, Fletzy, all right? Which is the um, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, okay? Uh and uh, hold on, we'll click some of these pictures, which is out there in the middle of nowhere in Brunswick. Oh, this is all this is all new stuff right here. They didn't have this when I was there. Oh yeah, this is all new. Wow, they really upgraded the gym. Goddamn. Okay. Yeah, what the fuck is this? Whatever. Zahar Jalali. Yeah, probably that's not that's not a real picture. But yeah, anyway. This is a, uh, this is uh, Fletzy, guys, right? So every law enforcement agency, except for DEA, FBI, and U.S. Postal Inspection Service, goes through Fletzy. And Border Patrol has their own academy in in New Mexico, right? So everyone goes to um to Fletzy, uh to to train, right? And whether it's for CBP, whether you're going to be a special agent, you're going to be a uh, you know, a CBP officer, a border patrol agent, whatever it may be, you're you're going to go to Fletzy to train, right? And it's located in, in Glencoe, Georgia. And then there's others. One, so Artesian, New Mexico. That's where um, who the fuck goes? This is where border patrol goes. Uh, Shetland, Maryland. I think this is where the U.S. Postal Inspection Service goes. National Capital Capital Tra- Region Training Operations. I don't know who goes there, um, but Glencoe is where everybody goes, man. Brunswick, Glencoe, Georgia. Same thing. That's where everyone go- goes, right? For the feds. ATF, IRS, HSI, Secret Service, U.S. Marshal Service, they all go to Brunswick. So I'm there for six months, guys. So from February 2014 to August 2014, I was at Fletzy. And let me tell y'all something, bro. That was one of the most miserable experiences of my life. It fucking sucked. It really sucked, man. Um, And the reason why it sucked was because, you know, it was kind of paramilitary. So you were waking up every day, you go to chow hall, um, you know, you'd go to you'd go to class, right? You'd learn about federal law, then you'd go shoot for like hours on end, then you would uh do um use of force, then you would do handcuffing, then you would do more um law stuff, right? One one would be maybe um Fourth Amendment, another one would be criminal law, and then you would do then we did like a whole thing where you would um uh do a mock case, uh teach you how to write reports. It was very extensive, very, very extensive. It's six months in there and uh, pretty much from seven all the way till about five or 6 p.m. You were 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. You were working the whole time and again, the training. And that was every day, Monday through Friday. Um, I was getting my agent salary at that point. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it sucked. Uh, and you lived on base. You couldn't, you had to live on base. It was mandatory. Um, so yeah. So I was there. I left August 24th, 2014, one of the happiest days of my life, by the way. I was like, thank God, get me the fuck up out of here. 
And I went and I went uh to my first duty location in Laredo, Texas, guys. Okay. Um, and just so you guys could see here, some of y'all might be wondering, where the fuck is Laredo, Texas? I will show you, my friends. All right. And I will never take these four years back. This was a great time of my life. Yeah, I didn't do anything. I was very uh, bored and, well, not bored because I was always working. I was always busy. But this is Laredo, Texas right here, guys, right? Um, it's literally right on the Mexican border. Open in maps. All right, it's in Webb County, Texas. And if I zoom out, y'all can see it's right here where this red is, right? And it's right across from Nuevo Laredo. Now, this place is super fucking dangerous, Nuevo Laredo, bro. This is the home base for the Los Zetas, or now I think they call themselves Cartel del Noreste, right? Um, and this is where I spent from 24 to 28 years old. And this is where I started my career. This is this made me become a man, actually, to be honest with y'all. Uh, you know, I was living on a freaking mattress on the floor. I mean, I was making good money. I was ma I started like making I was making like 70k, 60k somewhere around there. Uh, my first year or two here, which and it's not that expensive to live here, so I was I was doing fine. But you know, I was living way below my means. I had a TV like on the floor. I had a mattress on the floor. I was just chilling. You know, wasn't getting chicks like that. There weren't that many hot girls here to begin with. To be honest with y'all, there was like no bitches here. <laughs> I'm gonna be all the way down with y'all. Um, and Mexico has some. Uh, sorry, um, Texas in general, South Texas has some of the fattest people in America. So anyway, and then you're you got Interstate Highway 35. But this was a busy place, guys. I was working all the time, man. Um, and our our headquarters here was 109 Shiloh Drive, right? This was uh, the main building, right, uh, the, where uh, I was headquartered. Now, I personally didn't sit at this building. I actually sat at an offsite, which I'm not going to show you guys. Um, but this is the official, you know, address. But I sat at another building um, because, um, you know, we have – we ha at the time, we have, like uh, – when I was there, we had around 60 to 70 agents, but we could hold up to 100. This is a big field office for HSI is um, Laredo, Texas, because you're right on the border, right? Um, and when you're on the border, guys, HSI basically, and, and I could go over this real quick. Um, let's go ahead and go to their website real fast. What HSI does, okay? Because some of y'all might be like, what is, what is HSI, bro? What are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about, Myron? All right, we'll go to, to the wiki because it's easier. Right. So you got Immigration Customs Enforcement, right? And then you also got um, HSI underneath ICE, right? So it's a federal law enforcement agency under the Department of Homeland Security. It's stated mission to protect the United States from cross-border crime and illegal immigration that threaten national security and public safety. That, um, so it's executed through the enforcement of more than 500 federal statutes and focuses on customs violation, immigration enforcement, preventing terrorism, combating the illegal movement of people and goods. So basically, guys, Anything that has an international nexus, we could touch, right? Um, and a uh, little fun fact, HSI actually has more, uh, has, enforces more statutes than even the FBI. We have the broadest authority in the United States government. Um, and uh, and then you also have ERO. So we're not going to talk about ERO, guys, because ERO is the other half of ICE. Um, and they deal with the removal of... Um, of undocumented aliens from the United States. That's what they specifically deal. They only deal with the immigration portion. They don't deal with no criminal investigations. Okay. Um, HSI. Well, they do criminal investigations only if it's like, you know, an illegal reentry, small stuff like that. But in general, it's HSI that is the primary criminal investigator slash special agent. So ERO enforcement removal operations, they um, are, and this is what their badge looks like. It says ICE and an officer and then Homeland Security investigation says special agent. Uh, ICE deals with the immigration side. HSI deals with immigration, customs, everything, and they deal with the more criminal stuff. So to give you an example, um, ICE ERO might do something like, hey, this guy's been deported before, 8, 8 USC 1326, which is an illegal reentry. That's technically a, a, a crime. ERO might do something like that, whereas like HSI will do, if you got like visa fraud, um, passport fraud, any of that other stuff, we're going to deal with that because that's going to be a little bit more complex, right? Especially when you're talking about criminal organizations, et cetera. Um, but if it's just a, a simple reentry, you've been deported before and you're back, ERO will take a lot of those because it's not worth our time, right? So, um, but those are the two 
umbrellas that um, HSI under. So anyway, uh, oh, let me let me see, let me take a break here for chats real fast before we get into this. Let's see here. And guys, the link works now. If you want to donate to the show, uh, we got here. Okay. Um, CGM goes, Hey, Myron, sorry to get off topic, but tips for bulking up. I've been in the gym for four years, four to five years with little results. I eat a calorie surplus, have high T, get plenty of sleep, but it's hard for me to gain muscle. Five foot five, 145 pounds, 22 years old. Uh, that means you're not in a, eating in a calorie surplus like you think, bro. If you're not gaining weight, then you simply aren't eating in a calorie surplus. So then you need to eat more than you think you need to. You might have a faster metabolism than you think. You might be miscalculating your calories. But um, it's very simple when it comes to calories because it's just not, you know, calories in versus calories out and uh, putting yourself in a surplus. If you put yourself in a surplus, you're going to gain weight. So just make sure you put yourself, you know, three to 500. So I would say if you're not gaining weight, bump yourself up another 200 calories and go from there. Uh, Taj the Beast goes, what's your opinion on sponsoring yourself through the police academy? How much of a percentage would you say I gain of being hired by a department? P.S. Shout out Big Mo. What's good? Uh, yeah, uh, th that's really uh, rare, though. You sponsoring yourself through a police department because that tells me that you probably live in a rural area where like police departments might not have the money to put you through an academy. So you sponsor yourself and then try to, you know, get your police certification. You could do that if you want. Um, but. You know, just make sure that you're going to pass the background check and everything else like that. So nothing wrong with that. Um, but that's not very common. You probably live on a boonie somewhere, bro. Uh, we got here. Whose man's goes, sub, sub guys. I'm going to try to get into the call-in show next time to talk about my cousin who is a massive simp. He went on a date, blacked out, got his ass beat by two guys. His date ended up leaving with those two guys. Wow. Shout out to F&F &F and the L Dingleberries. Bro, I mean, if your cousin isn't, rp aware from that then uh I, I don't know what to say bro that's a l man holy wow oh wow oh shit that is um hold on do i got a sound effect for that one yeah <laughs> damn um nura goes i became a u.s citizen a few months ago uh and have my naturalization certificate but i haven't applied for the u.s passport i'm currently in my home country and need to return to the u.s can i use my naturalization certificate to enter how it works uh, yeah, you can. You can use your natural. I mean, they don't like that, but you can. Um, it's frowned upon, but you definitely can because they can't deny you entry in the United States if you are a uh, U.S. citizen. I, I've seen. I remember when I was at the border, um, in Laredo, and people would be crossing in every day. Some people would bring their birth certificate and give that to the um to the CBP officer. So yeah, your naturalization certificate will work to enter. Um. But they just won't like that. This might take you a little bit longer. They're probably going to have to do some records checks and everything else like that and make sure that it's really you. But um, it will work. Um, just try to get your passport, bro, because you're, it's going to be very cumbersome for you uh, to do that every single time. And and they're going to you're not going to make the CPP officers happy. So because um, you just want to get it done and get out of there. Um, and then let's see here. I'll look at some of these rumble rants. Shout out to all you ninjas, by the way, that are um, supporting the show. Like I said before, we are demonetized so we really appreciate the love uh let me see here let me not let me make sure that we give love to our ninjas over here and we got uh we got two thousand uh we got about almost a thousand y'all watching over on rumble and then another 1100 or so on youtube uh someone said myron doesn't know how to bulk he overtrains uh no my friend i do know how to bulk i actually got fat on purpose i gained I went up like 50 uh, pounds overweight. So I don't overtrain, my friend. There's no such thing as overtraining. You, it's very difficult to do that. Um, you have to really put yourself into the pain cave to, to overtrain. It's not as easy as you guys think it is. You can overreach, but overtraining, nah, man. Um, okay, I won't show the thing. God damn it. I don't know why the chats aren't showing on Rumble Rants. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. So where were we? Okay, so I was in Laredo, Texas, right? And um, and I was in a, and I, I was in a. So when I get to Laredo, Texas, right, my first duty uh, duty station. Well, my it was my first duty station, but my first group that I get assigned to was called the Human Trafficking slash Human Smuggling Group. Okay, and uh, what that's like, guys, is what you would call a duty response group. Now you're probably wondering, Myron, what the hell is a duty response group? So when you're on the border, guys, okay, there's constantly cases going on. 
They're trying to smuggle illegal aliens in. They're trying to smuggle drugs in. They're trying to smuggle money out. They're trying to smuggle guns out. So there's always stuff going on because, like I said before, HSI is the premier agency that deals with anything that has an international nexus, right? So you're constantly getting uh, calls for different types of things. At the time, when I was there in the Laredo, we had 10 groups. We had a three human smuggling groups. Yes, I said it. Three human smuggling groups. We had like three drug groups. We had a border enforcement security task force. So that's seven. We had a commercial fraud group. That's eight. We had a child pornography group. That's nine. And then we had a, a money group, right? Financial crimes group, which was 10, right? Each group of agents, sorry, each group has about six to 10 agents and one group supervisor, okay? When I got there in 2014, they were severely understaffed. We had maybe 60 agents, right? So you had 10 groups, 60 agents. Each group had maybe four to five guys, right? And then like the bigger response groups, they would have maybe seven to 10, right? So in my group, when I got there, we had like seven to 10 guys, right? And I was in human smuggling group two. I'll never forget, group two, right? Uh, which was uh, a, kind of a legendary group. Um, Jaime Zapata, rest in peace to him, was actually in that group uh, at one point. So when I got there, guys, right, and I was uh, and I was in a human smuggling group, it was the busiest group in the office. It was the busiest group in the busiest office in the busiest AOR. Now you're probably, whoa, Myron, what the fuck are you talking about with these acronyms, okay? So real quick so you guys understand. So San Antonio is the main field office location, right? You call it SAC San Antonio. That main office has several satellite offices within it, okay? So there's San Antonio, there's Laredo, there's McAllen, there's Harlingen, Brownsville, uh, Del Rio, et cetera. All these little towns, and I'll show you real quick here on the border. On the border. Right? Share screen with y'all real fast. Right? Because I, I think it's better if I show you than just like, so you open the maps, right? So all these towns from here, basically, so here's San Antonio right here, right? You got Uvalde. We had an office there. Um, you had Del Rio, um, Carrizo Springs, right? Laredo. And then you go down all the way here into the valley area, Zapata, um, Rio Grande City, um, Reynosa, which this is right here, McAllen. Right, McAllen's pretty nice, actually. Probably one of the nicer border towns. Um, Brownsville, all this, right? All of this was under the HSI San Antonio field office, right? Or like the, the it was under their AOR or air responsibility, right? And then you had smaller field offices in between. So Laredo, so San Antonio is the biggest sack. It's the is the busiest sack in the country. I think Puerto Rico is number two. San Antonio has the most arrests, most seizures, etc. Right. The busiest office in San Antonio was Laredo. And the busiest group in Laredo was Group 2, which is where your boy Myron was at, right? So I was in the busiest group, in the busiest office, in the busiest goddamn AOR, right? So um, so what a day in the life was for me, right, guys, when I was there, was I'll wake up, right, a lot of the times like 10 or 11 in the morning, right? Maybe nine, not nine, ten in the morning. I'd get to the office by ten or eleven, maybe around lunchtime, right? And you know, I'd be writing reports. I'd be if someone needed help with something, whether it was another group they were going to do it or an arrest, right? The child pornography group used to call me all the time because they were doing search warrants and arrests all the time. Man, it's it's actually kind of scary how often the child porn group was out. They were out arresting people every day, doing search warrants every day. There's a lot of freaking pedophiles out there, man. It is crazy. Um, any, and this is any HSI office that you go to in the country. They're always busy, which tells you that there's a real problem with these fucking predators. But I digress. So, you know, maybe one day I could walk in and the child pornography group was doing a search warrant. They want me to help them out. You know, I'd call my supervisor. Hey, CP group needs help. Uh, I was going to go help them. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, because the only thing with, my, with your soup is you just want to let them know where you're at, right? Um, God forbid you get in a shooting or you do anything that he knows where you're at, right? And he can let upper management know. So... Um, but the job has a lot of freedom. You get to take home car. You could come and leave when you want, right? Just get your work done, et cetera. You'll be fine. Um, so, uh, so I'd get into the office, right? 
somewhere between 10 to 12. Uh, write reports, whatever. Get some Chipotle with the bros. Chat it up, right? A lot of the agents that I worked with were younger guys because everyone starts their career on the southwest border most of the time when you come in with HSI. You're going to start, whether if it's in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Southern California, you're typically going to start your career on the border somewhere with HSI. And I think that's actually better because you get a lot of fucking experience so that when they do transfer you to an interior field office like a Miami, like I did, or to a New York City, et cetera, you're going to be fine. You're going to be able to hit the ground running because you know everything, right? You already know how to write reports. You know how to deal with informants. You know all that crap because you already did it on the border, right? So, and I told you guys before that I was in a duty response group, right? And what that basically means, guys, is since you're on the border, you're on call and they're going to absolutely call you. Why? Well, because you got customs and border protection there and you got border patrol in force. We're talking about thousands of border patrol agents, thousands of border patrol officers, uh, customs and border protection officers. And just so you guys understand, border patrol, green uniform, customs and border protection, blue uniform, right? Border patrol is, you know, dealing with all the areas that people shouldn't be coming into the United States through, all right? And then border, uh, Customs Border Protection's blue uniform, they're dealing with all the ports that you should be coming through. So whether you're crossing a bridge into the United States from Mexico or you're coming in through an airport and you're giving your passport your passport to be admitted into the United States, blue uniform, good. Green uniform, you're trying to sneak in. They're going to arrest you. So, uh, so you guys get the idea, right? <clears throat> so anytime Border Patrol would catch a smuggler with 10 aliens or, you know, with a couple of uh, undocumented aliens, they would call HSI. It was a mandate that they would call HSI to, to come in and further the investigation because every human smuggling situation uh, or human trafficking always is tied to a criminal organization. It's by no mistake that people come to the United States and are able to be smuggled in, guys. There are sophisticated smuggling networks that allow these migrants to enter the United States, and um, there's, there's facilitators at every step of the road, right? So going back to the map here, right? And I'll give you an example, right? Let's say someone wants to come to the United States illegally, right? What they'll do a lot of the times is, let's say they're from Guatemala, right? And they want to come here or anywhere else in South America, right? What they'll do is they'll pay money to a local smuggler in their area, all right? And I'm going to explain to you guys exactly this is how human smuggling works for most situations, regardless of the country that you're coming from. So let's say I'm an illegal alien in Guatemala and I want to come to the United States, right? So I'm going to have a local smuggler in my area that has a Mexican connect. I'm going to call him and say, yo, I want to go to the United States. How do I get there? All right, cool. Let me call my Mexican people, make arrangements for you, right? And get you into Mexico so that you can go ahead and get into the United States. So you pay that guy a couple thousand dollars, right? He successfully smuggles you into Mexico, and then you go into your next leg of the trip, right? A big staging area is Mexico City. Holy. A lot of the... Smugglers are based in Mexico City. Why? Because what they'll do is they'll receive all the migrants from other countries here, whether it's freaking uh, Guatemala, Honduras, hell, even like China, because they'd be coming in from China all the time, right? They'll fly over. A lot of times they'll fly over right into Mexico City, right? So once they get to Mexico City, now they're in the second part of the trip where that guy will hold them there. They, they come up with, until they come up with the money, they'll be staged there for a couple of weeks or whatever. And then they'll move them to maybe like a San Luis Potosi right here, right? And then from here, they'll wait another few weeks and then they'll be moved north, right? Maybe they might make one more stop along the way, but typically then they're going to be moved to a border town, whether it's Nuevo Laredo, Piedras Negras, uh, Negras, Negras, whatever the fuck, uh, Reynosa, Matamoros. And the reason why is because there's a big border on the other side here, okay? Because um, whether it's Laredo, McAllen, Harlingen, Brownsville, etc., right? It depends on the smuggling organization. But the point is, is that they're smuggling the aliens into Mexico. They stage in Mexico. Then they get them to the border. Now, when they get to the border, guys, this is the most important part. They stash them as stash houses right on the river or right on the border, right? And typically, they'll wait until it's clear. And they'll be like, all right, we're going to move 10 across, 20 across, 50 across, whatever it may be. Right. And they'll move them at night. And uh, there'll be typically a car waiting for them on the other side. So as soon as they cross the, into the United States, now it's go time. They got to freaking get in a vehicle and get out of the brush immediately. Or they'll walk to a stash house. And the reason why is because they need to get them into the stash house so they don't get caught by Border Patrol. Because now it's starting to get hot, right? Once they enter the United States, they enter, they wait at the stash house. And then once they're at the stash house, 
this is the most critical moment because while they're in the stash house, they're the most vulnerable, right? Someone could snitch. I remember I raided a bunch of stash houses. We have 100 plus of them in there, et cetera. So they want to get these guys out of there as soon as possible. But at the same time, they need to be paid because the stash house operator in Laredo, in Rio Grande City, in Zapata, McAllen, whatever, they're taking a lot of risk allowing these guys to stay there. And one of the clues a lot of times we would know was a stash house was uh, you look at the when you go to do surveillance, you'd see a lot of trash and their stuff because they got to feed these guys. If you see a lot of trash or whatever and you're, you're like, what the fuck? Only two people are supposed to live at this address. But you see that there's like constantly throwing trash. There's a bunch of food, all this other crap. You know that they got a bunch of aliens there because they got to feed them. Right. That's evidence. So anyway, um, they uh, so they, they have them here staged. And then a lot of times they pay their last portion, their last five, 10K, whatever it may be, will cost. And then they get smuggled to San Antonio. All right. San Antonio is the main hub where a lot of these illegal aliens go. And then from San Antonio, as you guys can see, you got Interstate Highway 10. You got Interstate Highway 35. You could go anywhere in the United States. <coughs> Excuse me. You can go anywhere in the United States from here, right? Because Interstate Highway 10, guys, takes you all the way to Jacksonville, right? Or it could take you all the way to Los Angeles, right? Interstate Highway 10. Right, or you could go uh, north and south. Right, Interstate Highway thirty-five. Right, takes you all the way to. I think it takes you to freaking somewhere here in the Midwest. Uh, damn it! I lost the highway. All right, here's thirty-five right here. It takes you all the way to. Minneapolis, all right, Duluth, which is pretty much, yeah, right there on the Canadian border, right? Yeah, so it takes you right here to, to Denfield, Lincoln Park. So I'm pretty sure this is Canada right here. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll get you all the way up to Canada pretty much, right? Or right on the border, so to speak. So the point is, guys, is that uh, this is a very lucrative business. It's a very uh, structured business. It's a very big business, okay? And it's and it involves many people. Anytime you're smuggling illegal aliens, we're talking about seven, eight, nine legs of the trip and different people uh, involved in this criminal organization to make this shit happen because it is very labor-intensive, guys, to move illegal aliens. Extremely labor-intensive. You got to feed them. You got to move them. You got to house them, et cetera, okay? So, but it's very lucrative. You make a lot of money. And if you're arrested for it, you don't do as much time as having drugs. Right? So I say all that to say this. Um, we would get calls all the time, guys. All right? Um, we get calls all the time when people were, uh, get caught by Border Patrol. And we would go ahead and we would respond. So if Border Patrol catches somebody, right? So, like, I'll give you guys an example here. So I told you all that I was in Laredo, right? So let's go ahead and put Laredo South Border Patrol. Right. So this right here is the Border Patrol station, right, that I would respond to all the time. This is the most busy Border Patrol station in uh, in Laredo. Right. So I, re I remember vividly it'd be like two, three in the morning. My ass would be driving here from home, come in and then they'd have like, you know, 20, 50 illegal aliens and like one driver, a.k.a. the principal or two drivers. Right. There'd be U.S. citizens. They were the ones driving the guys. And a lot of times they were driving them to or from a stash house and they got caught by Border Patrol, right? Border Patrol did a traffic stop, caught them, and then they arrest them and then they bring them in here. And then I come in and I follow up with the investigation. And then I interview the, the guy, hey, where are these aliens supposed to go? They're supposed to go to San Antonio, et cetera. And they'd be like, okay, uh, you know, they'd co confess co or maybe they'd cooperate. And then I'd arrest them and I'd take them to court the next day uh, or I'd take them to the Webb County Jail, right? I'll, I'll take them here. Man, this brings back a lot of memories. Webb County Jail. Bring them right here. <laughs> right? I'd come in through this this area right here. So, so yeah, I'd come in. Uh, I'd make a turn right here. Drop them off here. I'd come. I'd park my car right here. You gotta you gotta say who you are. Blah blah blah. You bring your car in, and then you you drop them off here at the jail. This is the actual jail, 
right? And then uh, when it was time to um, for court, I'd take them here. And uh, and they, the marshals, we had an agreement with the marshals where the marshals would bring the prisoners over for us. So Laredo Federal Courthouse. Yeah, this is the courthouse. Oh, man, this brings back memories. Woo! Holy. All right. Uh, let me see here. So this is the federal courthouse in Laredo, right? See, it's, it's a really nice. Federal courthouse is always nice. But it's in the fucking hood, as y'all can see here. Oh, God damn, man. Right? And and it's funny because this is, like, right next to the border. So, yeah, I would. I, I remember I always park my car right here. I put the placard up so they don't give me a ticket. I park it right here. Every time, man. Come in, park that joint right here. Right? And then I walk around. I'd take this path right here and walk around the front. And then I would uh and then I would enter in the side cuz I uh, right here. This is the entrance right here. Right. And just to give you guys a, uh, an idea, look at this shit. Look, look at this, man. So that's a federal courthouse, right? Taking you on a trip through Laredo, Texas, right? It's where I spent a good portion of my adult life. All right, we're going. We're going down the street here, right? This is going to take you to the main road. All right? So... You know, the federal courthouse is all the way down the street there. Y'all want to see how fucking close Mexico is? Look at this. This is the bridges, right, to go to Mexico? You go down this street right here? Oh, yeah, Casa de Cambio. These are money laundering fucking areas right here. These guys, these types of things. I remember this sign right here. Illegal to carry firearms and ammunition in Mexico. Penalty prison by Mexican law. So they they put this there so that people know, like, yo, you better not bring no goddamn guns across, even though it's one of the most violent places. And then, bam, here is where the bridge is. That's how close we are to the Mexican border, bro. Th this is not even a mile, guys. Not even a fucking mile. Right? So this, uh, you know, and I've made this mistake where I'm like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong lane. I'm not trying to go to Mexico. And I got to, like, fucking turn off and shit. Because <laughs> what I really meant to do was go down this street right here, right? So you come around this street right here, and then you can see here, here's the bridge, right? And then, bam, uh, it's a little gate right here. And there's Mexico right there, my friends. There's the bridge right there, right? This bridge right here. Oh, no, keep going. What the fuck? But y'all can see it. This is all Mexico right here. Literally, you cross over the river, and that's all Mexico. That's how close it was, guys. Could throw a rock over that bitch. Right? And you're right here. Um, but that's how close the federal courthouse was. Right? So I would drop the guy off at the federal courthouse after. I'd go for his initial appearance. And um, and that's how it would go, guys. That's how the duty calls would go. Um, and you're on call. I was on call every third day. Someone in my group was on call. So the way it worked was, so there was three human smuggling groups. You'd be on duty, right? Your group would be on duty for 24 hours. And then it would switch to the next group. Then it would switch to the next group. So every other day, your group was on duty. And the reason why um, it was a big deal was because, like I told y'all before, they would catch 10, 11, 12 aliens, whatever. And there'd be multiple times they'd catch multiple cases in one day. So let's say your buddy, right? Let's say Tom in your group is on duty. He's the one that's actually getting called. He goes to deal with the case at the Laredo Border, Border Patrol Station South. There might be another case in Hebronville, which is an hour away. You got to go deal with that while he's at the station dealing with that one. And then you're going to go probably take that case, right? So every, even though only one person's on duty technically via phone, the whole group's on duty because you, it's very labor intensive to investigate these cases because you got to go there. There's 10 people you got to interview. You need other agents to help you do each interview. And then you got to go through extensively with each alien. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Where did you come from? How much did you pay to come to the United States? How much did you pay the smuggler? Uh, tell us your trip, how you came from such and such country to here. You got to get this with each and every single person, right? And get their story. 
And the reason why you got to get their story is that they're going to go ahead and uh, let you know who the who the um, the principal was, the driver. And you'll give them a photo array. Hey, who's the driver? A lot of the times it's the fucking guy that was there in the station with them. Yeah, this is him to identify him. You take two of them as material witnesses, right? And then, uh, you know, you do your case. And you would do this every day, man. So you were getting these bag and tag, what we call bag and tag cases, where, you know, Border Patrol or Customs or whatever are calling you. And you, uh, you know, you go ahead and you deal with it. Um, and that's what I did for four years on on the on the Mexican border, guys. When I, in my human smuggling, human trafficking group. Um, now, with that said, I had my duty cases, right, where I was on call and I'd help handle those. Then I also had what I what you call proactive cases, where I was actively investigating on my own, where I had informants, I had um, a drug investigation, etc. Even though I was in a human trafficking, human smuggling group, I still did drug and gun cases, right? I got I pretty much I got. Um, Special permission from my office, because even though I was a human smuggling, human trafficking group, I should have been just focusing on that. Um, I was just a go-getter. So they were like, nah, man, you do whatever you want. Like, you're out here, like, fucking, you know, uh, killing it. Like, you know, you go ahead, you could do drug cases. Um, so I was, like, the only agent in the uh, in the immigration groups that had uh, Title 21, what's called Title 21 authority. And Title 21 is uh, is the drug, uh, the drug statutes federally. So, um... So I did I did uh, drug cases um, as a guy in a, as a, in a human smuggling group. So um, that's what the day in the life was like when I was there, man. Um, but every day was different. One day I could be uh, debriefing an informant, dealing with a duty case, helping out the child porn group with arresting someone or doing a search warrant. Um, I could be driving to San Antonio to get a search warrant. It was really um, it was really fun, man. It was really fun, really interesting, man. Even just thinking about it right now makes me. Uh, reminisce and it was it was great. It was so much fucking fun. Uh and, and it doesn't take much to make me happy, man, as you guys know. You know, and I think um it's it's not about what you have, it's about how little does it take to make you happy. I think that's the true sign of being satisfied. You know, if it takes a lot for you to be happy, like you 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 know, you might want to reassess yourself, right? Um, because you're never gonna have everything. So you might as well learn to be happy with with little. Uh, I was sleeping on a fucking mattress, making 70K a year, 50K a year, right? Like my first couple of years. Um, and I was happy as fuck. I didn't start making six figures, guys, until I my last year in Laredo. I didn't make six figures until around 2018, 2017. So, so it was a lot of fun. Let me see here if I can hit some of these chats, if you guys got any questions. Um, happy New Year's crew, and that's from Ken Rose. Thank you so much. That's why I figured I'd do this episode for you guys, right? Give you guys a little insight as to what it was like. Um, all right, so I'll hit the Streamlabs. Let's see here what you guys got. And then we got to get going for this IRL stream here pretty soon. Uh, okay. Uh, we got um, the last one I did here. Okay. We got, um, sorry guys, I was just reading through. Kanawi goes, watch your Fed video, vid. I was interested in applying to a three-letter agency. Apparently, the Feds have methods to entice young Muslims to incriminate themselves for T-activity, HV. Have you seen or experienced this? Also, what's the best path for cybersecurity? Um, bro, just don't be a terrorist. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, do you have to take a polygraph when you apply to HSI? And what did you think about it? It's uh, David Effectiveness. So when I got hired by HSI, you didn't have to do polygraphs. Um, and there's a long story for that. If you want me to explain it, you know, give me ones in a chat. Uh, but, uh, but now they do now they do. So, but when I came on, I didn't have to, um, can now we go watch your fed vid. I was interesting. Oh, no, got that one. You asked twice. Um, mass archive goes great content. FNF. I recently got promoted to GS 11 thinking about the feasibility of transferring from civil service to law enforcement. Do they have any student loan repayment options? Sent this on rumble. Um, I don't know if they do now. I know that there's a student loan forgiveness program where if you make on-time payments for 10 years, um, uh, you can get your loan repaid uh, that way. Uh, you need 365, 360 qualifying payments, which should equate to, yeah, 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. Um and you, they'll wipe off the rest of your debt. But you got to do the math. It might not make sense because, like, you know, if you do the 10 years and you're still, like, in debt 
or, or sorry, you if you do the 10 years and you, that would have paid it off, then it might not make sense to do it that way. It might be better to just pay it off and not pay the interest. Does that make sense? So you have to have a certain amount of debt for it to actually be worth it. Um, okay. And then uh, Ralph goes, hey, Myron, what non-degree federal law enforcement agencies would you recommend to join? Um, if you want to be a special agent, most of them are going to want a degree. Uh, but, um, but yeah, but non-degree, I would say you're probably going to have to go ahead and go with, uh, um, a uniform position, which, you know, border patrol, customs, border protection, border, border customs and border protection officer or border patrol. Those are all fantastic segues in, um, when is the Friday after hours dinner vid coming out? How's your day going? And that's from Whitler. Uh, yo, I, sorry about that guys. We didn't have, so what ended up happening? We're supposed to do an IRL stream with you guys. As you know, on uh, on last uh, on Friday, we couldn't do it, guys, because we didn't have uh, a certain battery to power the camera, right? We had a dummy battery, but we couldn't plug it in, so we didn't have like the um, the disposable camera batteries that you could put on the side. So sorry about that. That's what ended up happening there. Hey, Ryan, have you ever interviewed ex special uh, Mexican special force soldier? There's a Mexican YouTuber by the name is. Gafe four three two who would have some good stories. Okay, and that's from Fernando. And then Jay Garcia goes ATF fumble operation Fast and Furious. They absolutely did. I'll tell y'all that. And I will do Fast and Furious on here. Don't worry. Um, Falcon Punch goes. Why don't Mexicans go to Canada if they can enter Canada without a visa instead of the USA? And many citizens of the Caribbean and Latin America have good passports to enter Europe, United Kingdom, Japan, Korea, New Zealand, etc. Without a visa. That's a good question, bro. I don't know why they don't. Um. I mean, there's clearly Mexicans in Canada, but they have to get to the United States first. So if they're going to drive at least. So so that's why. Um, yo, Bills Mo, what, what are we looking like? We got to leave now? We got to leave? Okay, so the IRL backpack is good? Guys, we will be doing an IRL stream. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. Okay. Sound? Yeah. All right. I'm talking about Bills and Mo right now, guys. Uh, we're gonna be doing an IRL stream. They came and set up the backpack that we got. Um, Ooh, you guys want to say what's up to the people? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We gotta show the gift. Uh, grab that right there. It's on the other chair. What? The the right that controller right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so, so on stream. Yeah. These yeah. guys got me a. Uh, these guys got me a, uh, a Xbox controller. Yeah. As y'all can see here. With the American flag and shit like that. So I appreciate that. Because yeah. this is the controller I was using yeah. before. Yeah. Oh. This is the controller I was using before, right? Playing this. So now, damn, Mo. You know, you know Mo big, bro. Yeah, nigga big as hell, man. <laughs> Fresh just called me. So yeah, I think we're going to have to call, yeah, kill gotta, the stream here in a second. Uh, yeah, yeah we got to get out of here. I was able to fit in that tight spot, though. Yeah, show them that controller. Yo, I yeah. Been, yo, I Come, yeah, pretty nice, man. It has yeah. these things. But just so y'all know, I, I've been practicing mouse and keyboard. So they got me this controller, and I'm like, wait, how am I going to use this? Because it's they like, right, you, you still got, I know you're still going to use it, though, bro, because you're going to yeah. get all frustrated. You're like, man, hold on, let me get this controller. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So, um, so yeah. WFET React. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, guys, I guess I have to do a part two on this story about my experiences in Miami field office. But that summarizes uh, my journey in Laredo. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, next week, what I'll do is I'll finish up part two of what's it's like to be a special agent in the Miami field office. And then uh, I'll answer your questions as well. Um, I'll do a whole Q and a portion and, uh, and then we'll cover uh, some serial killer stuff with Angie. So, so yeah, someone said, uh, Myron's an Xbox guy. Hey man, I'm, I'm an Xbox guy, yeah, but um, I'm going to go to mouse and keyboard, bro, very soon. Um, and then we got here, last one, the engineer. This is the engineer child from Friday's Calling. Just wants to pop in and say thank you for everything before I go for a run. Thanks for everything, man. You're the best. Thank you so much, so much, my friend. I'm glad that you're going for a run before New Year's. Uh, guys, I love y'all. I'm going to dip out. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Fed Reacts. A little bit more intimate pause, you know, just us. Hopefully. I'm going to have this thing more decorated and finished. Um, but, you know, not bad. This is a new studio and everything else like that. I'll do an Instagram video, too, and show you guys what it looks like in here. Um, and also, we're going to be streaming Overwatch soon. Uh, don't worry. I Hell, I might even do it tonight. I just got to figure out how I'm going to do it, though, because Bill's got to set up Streamlabs for me on here. 
so uh, so that I can actually do it because because I think if I do it on StreamYard, it's going to lag, right? No, we got to do it on. If I share screen, Streamlabs, right? Because that's specifically made for gaming anyway, so that it doesn't lag and all that weirdo shit. Yeah, because if I try to stream screen share with you guys, because I tested already, it looks weird when I share screen playing games. Yeah, so, um, but you guys will you guys will be able to see uh, me um, destroy some scrubs. What was that? Uh, okay, I, I'm clicking right now on on Rumble. Uh, J J C Van goes, hey bro, when are you breaking up Europa? <laughs> breaking the uh, down of Europa. Please break it down on Rumble. God bless you. Uh, I'll think about it, bro, because that that documentary, I don't even think it's on Rumble anymore. And then someone said, Nick Kerr said, I I, I I got in here late. I don't know if you heard about uh, Chris Jericho. He's facing accusations. I heard about it. Man, you know it's Cap. It is. Happy New Year's crew. That's Ken Rose, yeah. Man, they be capping, bro. Chris Jericho ain't assaulting none of these hoes, man. Put that bitch in the walls of Jericho. The wrestling community already forgot. They already forgave them, right? Yeah. yeah, man. They know what's up. Um, all right, guys. So stay tuned. IRL stream coming live on uh, Fresh and Fit on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Fed Reacts. A little bit different. Uh, just solo me. And I'll, I'm going to bring back the solo streams, guys. It's just that I have to get bills to set me up because I don't want to drag these guys every Sunday, too, uh, down here. Uh, but all right, man. Love y'all. Catch you guys. Peace. We'll be back on Monday for Money Monday tomorrow. Uh, I got a special, I might have a special guest for y'all. Might be fitness related. We'll see what happens. Love you. Peace, guys.